A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. Was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Conversations with Olivia Jade, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations. I am your host, Olivia Jade. I start my podcast out the same time every single time because did I just say the same time every single time? I meant the same way every single time um, because I don't know how else to intro this. But today I have a very special guest and it is a person that has been on the podcast already. If you follow me on Instagram, you are aware who's on the podcast today. And drum roll, please. It's my sister, Bella. Hi. Hey. All right. So today we decided we are going to do a sister Q&A. Basically, I asked on my Instagram if people had questions or need advice. I don't know if we're qualified to give uh, any advice, but I think throughout the years, (laughs) uh, we've learned a lot through just growing up and being so close to one another that we thought this would be a really fun episode. And you guys loved when she was on last time. So running it back. Here we go again. And I think let's just jump right into it. Sound good? Sounds good. Cool. Let's go. Um, So we got a lot of questions on my Instagram. Bella's looking through them right now. And do you want to kind of pick them since you're the guest? I think... I saw a lot of similar ones, a lot about like growing up with famous parents, a lot of guy advice, a lot of um, just general questions about stuff we've been through. That's obviously been very Wait, public. where's my favorite question? There's one question. <laughs> I guess we'll start with it because we were laughing pretty hard about it yesterday. It said, um, how did you two meet? Do you want to answer that? <laughs> 
I just thought that question just needed to be highlighted. Yeah. Because well, we're we, sisters. So. We met because we have the same mom and dad. You know, you know, fun fact. When the stork flew and dropped me off. And then a year later, the stork came in and dropped Olivia off. And then my mom and dad got really lucky. Really lucky. <laughs> um, no, but when I was first... Or when mom first told you that she was having another one, didn't you say, like, you didn't want me? Oh, no. When mom, when we were little mom, um, it was like right after she had you, you were probably a year and I was probably two years old. And she came up to me and she's like, Bella, do you want another little sister? And I just looked at her and I went, no, (laughs) no more. Also, when we were kids, also when we were kids, I was like mute because Bella would speak. (laughs) Bella would speak for me. So she'd be like, I'll have, I'll have a glass of milk and Olivia will have one too. So I really didn't have any, uh, need to speak when I was a kid. Cause she did it for me, which I think is ironic because I would say out of the two of us, you're more shy than I am for sure. But you to this day have like weird issues. Like, will you call and do this instead? No. Do you know why I do that, Bella? Because I think you need to work on speaking and talking to people and not making me do it all the time. That's why I do that. So I make you call. I'm like, I always call, call on my own though. No, you don't. If I'm alone, I will call. What do you mean? Okay, this we're talking about the fact that <laughs> if anytime there's like an appointment or something that needs to be scheduled, I'll be like, Bella, you have to call and cancel something or go up to that person and ask about this because I feel like I'm the one that always does it, but maybe I'm wrong. I just thought you've been doing that this entire time because you're lazy. No. Let's start with one that was probably the most asked, which is what was it like growing up with mom and dad? having famous parents, at what age should we realize our parents were famous? But I feel like for me, when I was reading this question, I never even really knew that we had famous parents. Like I thought maybe because growing up in LA, there's a lot of actors, actresses, celebrities, a lot of our friends, parents have similar jobs. So I feel like we didn't really think it was that weird or different. Did you? No, not at all. I don't Yeah, I don't think you realize it. I don't know now thinking about it because I never, even to this day, I'm not like, it's not the first, it's not on like the forefront of my mind. Does that make sense? So I'm never thinking like, oh yes, my parents are famous. Right. It's just, those are your parents. Those are their jobs. There's not much more to it than what it is like baseline. I don't think there's like ever been a time where we're like, oh, the life with famous, well, (laughs) (laughs) well maybe recently we felt that way (laughs) but prior to that especially growing up mom was so low-key yeah you know what though you want to know a funny story our mom would literally downplay I didn't think full house was a big show at all in my entire childhood I never thought it was a popular show I thought she was some like she kind of always made herself seem like she was just some like she's she acts but she doesn't really she's not like crazy she doesn't do that do that much. Nothing she's been in has been that popular. And I think she did that because, I mean, A, we were so young when she was, well, we were not born when she was on Full House, but we were so young when she was on like 90210 and then um, like her Full House reunions were not in the like on screen, but just like personal reunions and stuff. I never realized how big the show was until Fuller House was coming out. And I saw on YouTube, because I could really understand YouTube at that time. It was like right when I started my channel. And I saw the amount of views the trailer had. And I like called mom and I was like, uh, do you want to like explain to me why the Fuller House trailer has, I think it had like over 13 million views or something that I thought was just absolutely insane. And she was just laughing. And we still talk about that. I'm like, okay, I found out really late Full House was a big show because we never watched it growing up. 
I actually watched recently the first episode of Full House that mom was in because mm-hmm. I just wanted to see her. She's so cute. I was she's so dying. Cute. She was so so young. So young, so beautiful. Um okay, so I guess the sorry for the tangent. That but was I a weird guess, answer, I all, think. Yeah, I guess all in all what it's like is uh we personally didn't really think it was that different because I think our parents tried to downplay it. Also, it's not downplaying. Mom's just such a humble person. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but she's just so humble. She's never talked about her work. Like we were recently, she was telling us a few stories from like the full house days, which is what, 30 something years ago. And me and Liv, she called me afterwards and was like, she never like, we don't know anything about those. And it was 10 years of her life, those 10 years of her life, because she just is very quiet about it and doesn't shove it in your face or down your throat. She just did it. And then yeah that's that she works in silence which i think there's something to be said for that in general this is a really funny question do you and bella have dance battles to your previous performances on dancing with the stars (laughs) i can't dance i also can you imagine if i like turned on the tv and i was like (laughs) and you're like my tango let's go (laughs) me versus you (laughs) i like force you to do it so funny Uh, (laughs) um no no we have not done that we have dance parties to music, but not to Olivia's Dancing with the Stars performances. We do have a lot of dance parties, though. That's like a thing I feel like I remember in my childhood was that if it was us two, our parents, sometimes our brother would be there, sometimes he wouldn't. But we'd really throw down in the kitchen and have some fun dance parties. Uh, what is a favorite childhood memory? Is it weird that I just don't remember anything? Ever anymore in my life. Um, I'm sure I could come up with one. Do you remember the spider in the Santa Monica house? No. Okay, because I'm I don't know if I dreamt this one up or if this was a real story. But you were there. Remember the swing set we had? Oh my god, the giant spider. No, you didn't dream that. Okay, that was a real one. We had a a, like a little play structure outside in our backyard when we were probably like two years old, three years old, and uh, they're a little older than that. Five whatever. And I just remember on the swings, there was like a huge ass spider that we'd always stare at. You know, also in that house, I almost lit it on fire. Let me tell that story. It's not a favorite childhood memory by any means, but I did almost light my house on fire when I was probably four years old. Um, Somebody had lit a candle and left it in the laundry room. And I remember we had gone swimming and I believe- Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. And I believe our parents were taking us to Disneyland or mom was. No, we were going to dinner- uh, Why would we go in Disneyland at night? I don't recall it being at night. Why would you have thrown a towel in that room? I think we were swimming. Why would we be swimming in the, in day, the morning? Because we were four. What four-year-olds don't swim at all times of the day? <laughs> there was no like electronics. We weren't allowed to watch TV during the week. I think I was swimming in the pool. Anyway, how I recall is I was swimming in the pool. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I was swimming in the pool. I got out. I put my towel in the laundry room like a very good four-year-old very well behaved and I am four so I didn't know that a candle would light it on fire so I threw it over the candle and I think you just threw it in the laundry room I don't think you purposely were like ah candle towel (laughs) no you're right I just threw it on the counter anyway uh we were all leaving the house and then my mom forgot something so she like turned around to go back inside the house to go grab it and she smelled fire and followed the smell and the laundry room was lit up so I think I have one of my favorite childhood memories Go for that it. I just thought about. 
I don't even know if it's a favorite, but it's one of the only, not only things I can remember, but something I do remember is when mom took us to the High School Musical 2 premiere, oh, which was lit. Super and, lit. Um, when they, we, she took us to Disneyland during the day of the premiere because she's the coolest mom ever. And then it was the second movie and they did it in like the Disney California Adventure Hotel is where the premiere was. And I remember we went, we watched the movie and we were, I don't know why this is a part of the memory that sticks out in my head, but remember in the actual movie of High School Musical when Sharpay is doing her like fabulous number, there's the swimming people in the pool doing like water aerobics. I just remember walking like over a bridge with mom and you and like I looked in the pool and these like people were doing like men and women were doing like water aerobics. And I was like, this is the coolest party I've ever been to. They actually did throw down pretty cool parties. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. 
at this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, this is a really good question, actually. I saw this earlier. It says this girl that asked the question also has a sister, and she said, do you guys ever compare yourself to one another? And, And then she followed up by saying, like, sometimes she gets really jealous of her sister and she doesn't know how to, like not compare herself or feel jealous? That is a really good question. Do you want to take it away? I will, because I remember in high school, like I would go to mom and like cry because I'd be, I was in my sophomore year probably. And I think you were a freshman and we were, I was hanging out with like a group of boys who were like juniors. And I thought I was the shit I wasn't. And they'd always be like, where's your sister? Where's your sister? Where's your sister? And I would go home to mom and I would cry and I'd be like, why do they always have to ask me where she is? Like, am I not enough? And mom was like, no, like, it's just like whatever mom's sweet reasoning and advice was. But it's funny because I used to compare myself to you, but I was never jealous of you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like I used to beat myself up about it, but I was, it was never in a way where I was, there was any like militia, not even that jealousy is like a malicious thing, but. There was never any part. It can of, be though, for sure. Like, and it can and it can ruin relationships too. But I never was jealous. I was just sad. That's really sad. I actually didn't even know that. Oh, really? Sorry to hear that. It's like a where are them boys now? <laughs> Losers. <laughs> Long gone. Long gone. Um. Yeah. No, I actually did not know that. I think for me, I compare. Well, I actually have a really memorable story and mom was taking us to a premiere and we it was I think the old dogs premiere or something or maybe it was like a high school musical-esque thing anyway you wore premieres. you wore a vest and they curled your hair oh that was the 90210 premiere, was the 90210 premiere. Bella walks out in this like pinstriped vest and that her, dad made by the way it was like a Mossimo vest <laughs> and her hair was curly like super curly you should look up this photo online somewhere anyway Bella walks down the stairs in this little vest and curly hair and I remember looking at her and just being like I ew I hate your hair like that's so ugly your hair's so ugly or something like that we were like probably nine I was nine or eight years old <laughs> that's what you were jealous of yeah <laughs> we're looking at the photo wait 
<laughs> yeah, you were in a vest. If this goes on social, you guys can see. This is what I hated Bella for. She had curly hair. And it's just, look at your hair. That's really <laughs> embarrassing. But she had, her hair was pinned back like that. Anyway, I just remember looking at her and thinking she was the most beautiful, stunning little girl ever that <laughs> looked so good going to this premiere. And I was so insecure about how they did my hair and I hated my outfit. And I remember bullying you because I was, I was so jealous. So anyway, circling back, obviously I was a child when we did that. I would <laughs> never do that now. But I do think that jealousy is a real thing and comparing yourself to a sister, especially when you're so close in age is uh, super normal. But what I will say, and I know this sounds very cheesy, but I do think it's important. You have to remember that there's really only one of you and also your sister should be like, well, hopefully if you have a nice relationship, it's like your built-in best friend and uh, jealousy can create so much animosity and like ugly feelings towards uh, no matter what the relationship is, but especially with sisters, it's somebody that, you know, ride or die has your back. So it's kind of just, in my opinion, I think I learned later in life, like what a waste of energy to be jealous of my own blood because I'm special in my way. She's special in her way and we're best friends. You know, I'm with you on that. Wait, was other, there was another part of that question. She just said that, um, how do you not compare yourselves because she compares herself to her sister a lot. Oh, that was the whole question. Well, I, well, however old you are, I feel like I learned, um, I probably stopped comparing myself when I was Honestly, when I went away to college, I think because there was like enough separation between the two of us where no one knew you at that point. And I think it's what Olivia just said that you have to remember is like that at the end of the day is your sibling and you're going to have traits that not outweigh theirs, but like you're going to have your own traits that are special to you and only to you. And those are the things that you guys have to celebrate within each other rather than feel like, oh, because they're funnier than me, then blah, 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 whatever it is. You just have to celebrate the good things in your siblings because you're lucky that your sibling is that way and that cool. And it's kind of great. If you get to be jealous of your sibling, that means they've got something going on and you should be proud of your sibling for that rather than jealous. So just like switch the mindset of instead of feeling like you don't have it, just realize they have something that's really special. Yeah. Agreed. Period. Biggest fight we've ever gotten in. This was a really popular question for some reason, but I can't, I was going to ask you because I literally can't remember a huge fight we've been in. Um, Milo. Yeah. I guess when we got our dog, I like was really, um, I just like didn't really help Bella take care of him that much. Well, I would have him. That actually sounds really bad. Like when no, I, no, when no, he was not, with me, I would yeah, take great care of you him. Always, it wasn't you like, took care of him. You just, it was, there was also just a lot of factors. It wasn't only you per se, that was keeping you from taking Milo. Not going to put details in here, but there was a lot of different factors and I was getting annoyed because I was like, man up, stand up for yourself, please, and take care of her dog. And you weren't. Yeah, like that was like my main points in my therapy sessions. I'd be like, my sister's so mean to me about my dog. And mine in therapy would be like, my sister won't take care of my dog. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, you have a responsibility and she won't take care of the dog with me. Yeah. I told Bella, I'm trying my best. <laughs> um, At one point you texted me <laughs> a long paragraph being like, fine, I'll let you have him. And I was like, whoa. No, that's not what happened, liar. <laughs> what happened was, is you said either you need to let me have him full time or you need to start doing week on week off like we had planned because we, we got our dog when we lived together and then we moved apart. And so then we were like divorced parents doing a week on week off and he was like her child. And then uh, I just would really leave Bella with most of the responsibility. 
for most of the time. And, um, and then she was like, you either need to need to do your part or give him to me. And so I texted her back <laughs> and I'm like, was. fine, you can have him full time. You're right. He's too much work for me. And then Bella's like, wait, I totally take that back. You definitely still have to take care of him. <laughs> and like we signed up for this dog together. And that's that. What is your favorite qualities about each other? Or what do we, I guess, like it says describe each other's personalities. And then another question was, what are each other's favorite qualities? But I kind of like describe each other's personalities because we know each other so well. suck. (laughs) Thank you. I have nothing good to say about you. Okay, describe my personality. I'm curious. Okay, I think you're super sarcastic. I think you're sensitive and I would say super sweet. I also think you're really smart. I think you're creative. And I think that you know how to have a good time. Thank you. You're welcome. Can you do mine? Yeah. Describe your personality or just qualities about you? I guess I feel like it's the same kind of, I guess personality, I guess I didn't describe your personality. Yeah, like a personality is, well, I would say you're sarcastic. That's definitely a huge part of your personality. And I guess I did, sensitive, sweet. Yeah. And then a good quality that I like about you is you're always down to have a good time. Sometimes I am. Actually, that's not true. Sometimes (laughs) you're not. Sometimes I'm, I'm left. You're you're always down to have a good time, which I admire. I'm just not that kind of person. Yeah. But um, let's think. Your what what is Olivia, Olivia Jade's personality? I think you're super down to earth. Thanks. You give phenomenal advice. You are wise beyond your years. You're fucking hilarious when you're not trying to be. She makes the best dumplings. Of all time. Um, that's not a personality trait. I just had it's to just a good flex quality. on them for you. <laughs> um, what else? I think you're humble and I think you're really strong and brave. Thanks, B. You're welcome. so nice. And that's my favorite quality. What? Is that you're strong and brave. Thank you. Um, somebody said, who is your go-to person when you need advice besides each other? And I would say my mom. Mommy. She has such good advice. And my grandma, my mom's mom. Yeah, has honestly, nanny has great advice. Great too. advice. One really funny story actually about my grandma when I was in seventh grade, our mom was going to a Broadway show and she took us to New York with her. But I think it was like a little bit mature because she went, I think she just went with like Stamos or somebody. And I gave Stamos a show. Oh, it was like Bye Bye Birdie or something, right? No, we went to that. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal musical. It was like some like politician play he did it wasn't a musical oh well anyway she goes to this play and she left us at the hotel with her grandma and I was had a big crush on this boy and I was in seventh grade and he did not like me at all and then I was texting him my grandma was telling me what to text this boy by the end of the conversation he was like I have the biggest crush on you and I was so thrown off because I knew he never liked me so I don't remember what she's a she's a master I don't know what the conversation yeah they both have I think his nanny has such good advice that like got passed down to mom. So I think we'll give good advice to our kids. I hope. I feel like I'm the type of friend that all my friends come to for advice. And I don't even mean that in like a way. But I, think I said that you're wise beyond your years and you give great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, see, that would be something that some siblings would be jealous of. That I'm wise? No, like, you know, like, I don't know. That, that I give advice. That you're good at giving advice. I was just trying to point out like. Comparison. Yeah. 
And that's something you can celebrate your sibling for rather than not. This one says, who gives better advice? But I think our advice is always different. I think our advice is... I just think you and I are so different, even in the way that we think our advice is so different. But I think we both give good advice to a certain degree. Yeah, I think that you give more straight up advice. Yeah, like I don't dance around something. I'll just say it as it is. And I think you're more gentle when you give advice. Yeah, so I think we're both, I think we both have good advice. I also think it's super dependent on a situation um, and what we're talking about. Yeah. Is there anything in your life that's holding you back right now? I was talking about this with my friend yesterday that I think my brain is something that constantly holds me back. I don't know if you feel the same way, but the anxieties and stuff that come up with things you're doing in the future, it almost makes you not want to put in as much effort or as hard of work as you can. Because if you, this might just be my own thing, but if I don't put in every single like drop of effort, if I don't get like good feedback necessarily, then, and if it's like, okay, feedback, I'm like, okay, I didn't put that much effort into it. And I think that's what holds me back is the fact that I'm scared to do it a hundred percent and still get a negative response to it. So you fear rejection? No, it's not rejection. It's criticism. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. From anything. Hmm. Like I swear it's half the reason, like it's really hard for me to work out because I'm like, well, if I don't work out and I don't lose weight, like we're good. You know, it's like a weird loop Uh... that goes on in my head. That's so interesting. Yeah. I think that I don't have that as much. I think there are definitely things that get in the way of what I want to do, but it's not so much my brain. I think it's just the situation I'm in. Not that I'm in. I'm in, I have a very blessed life. I don't want that to be construed incorrectly. And the point of what I'm saying is that with everything that happened in the last few years and just being in the media in a negative way, I think that I I feel held back like everybody hates me and nobody wants to work with me and brands think I'm like a hazard. You're not a hazard. And anyway, so yeah, I think that's what holds me back just because I feel so, I just feel so like, I just, I feel like everybody thinks I'm like a terrible person. And um, I don't even say that for like pity. I don't deserve pity in any sense of the word. I just think that, for instance, recently I was, um, I think I can talk about this. I was invited to a event, like a beauty event. And I was so excited about it because it was right after Dancing with Stars. I hadn't been invited to like really a beauty event in so long. And I was just looking forward to it. I thought like, oh my gosh, a brand wants to work with me again or just have me there. And like, they're not embarrassed about me being there. I think it's going to ruin their brand, whatever. And I kind of hadn't heard from this brand throughout the week and we were supposed to have like COVID tests sent to the house and all this stuff. And I invited my brother to be my date. I was really excited. And like about probably three hours before the event, I had, you know, my glam all ready to go. I had my dress fitted. I was so excited and grateful. And I get a call from my publicist and she's like, I'm livid, but I've never had this happen in all the years I've worked with people and they just like basically revoked your invitation and said that you can't come because it might look bad for them and they don't want you there. And I just remember I hadn't even met my publicist yet because I have one on like in LA that I know. And then there's another one that's a part of the team, Kate, 
who lives in Florida slash New York. So I hadn't met her at this time. And so I was trying really hard not to cry on the phone because I didn't want her to think I was like a little bit. And so I was like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Like, it's all good. No worries. And she's like, no, it's not fine. It's really not fine. Like, it's it's actually really rude. And I was like, no, it's fine. And I remember hanging up and just like being in my car and pulling over and just like bawling, crying. And then um, I guess this was kind of recently. This was in like December. But so, yeah, I guess I, I feel held back because of situations like that, where I just think that like I'm never going to get over this hump of being canceled. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Who coped with the scandal better? I don't think either of us coped well with the scandal because it was a very traumatic two years of our lives. I was hella depressed. Hella depressed. And also we just didn't, we're young. So you don't know, a tra like something like that to that degree. And I don't mean it in a way that other people don't go through young ages. I'm just saying to the degree and the, also the mental damage that can cause because of outside opinions and everything and whatever it may be that I've gone over in therapy you don't know how to cope at the age of 18 and 19 years old or how old are we 19 and 20 whatever mm -hmm. it is you don't have the your brain isn't developed enough to cope with shit like that so I think we just handled it poorly like we didn't handle it like an adult would we handled it like children I don't think that was a good way to cope with it we made it through didn't mm -hmm. kill us mm-hmm but I also don't, I wouldn't say we had like good coping tactics or anything. Yeah. Do you think one of us coped better? No. I don't think so either. I think it hit us the same. It's also hard too, because what I think a lot of people um, maybe just don't understand or don't want to understand or like, uh, especially those that like are really adamant about not liking our family or liking us or like thinking a certain way about us. I think that people forget that at the end of the day, we're still humans. And like when you're talked about that negatively that many days in a row, which is literally like what a year straight, probably in the media, mm -hmm. going into stores, seeing our mom with like devil ears on magazine covers and just like stuff that like, regardless of the situation, like we're humans, it sucked to see and it hurt. And it was embarrassing as, and it was just like, it was terrible. It was, it was really, it really damaged like my confidence for, I mean, still, I think it, even if people, even guys I like see or friends I make, I always am like, oh, I understand. Like if you don't want me to like stand next to you or like, if yeah. you, like I don't want to ruin your reputation. Um, so I don't think, sorry, I went off on a tangent, but I don't think either of us cope super well with it. I think we were super young and it's never easy seeing, um, that much about yourself in the media especially when you don't even know what's going on at the time and you're still putting everything together and you're like wait what's happening it was really challenging and it was also really frustrating because half the stuff that was written was completely fake and so then people were starting to take on this narrative 
that wasn't even real. And that's like so frustrating to me because it's like, what's the point of journalism if you're not going to accurately report what's going on? And then it makes me doubt ever reading and trusting anything because I'm like, wait, I guess they kind of got the gist of what the scandal was. But if you read through lawyer papers and stuff, you didn't really get the gist of it. Not what the media said, you know, the media and the court case are two different things. Yeah, completely. But anyway, I just think it's really interesting um, how how much damage it actually can do. Not even just for us, but just anybody going through something where you feel like, oh, my God, everybody hates me. It's like, well, of course, you're going to be a little messed up from it. Also, to me, it was so interesting to see like this. I feel like I just hold science experiments in my own brain Mm -hmm. or like social studies in my own head because I'm always like coming up with weird theories, as you know. But it's so interesting to me when like the scandal is something I I hate calling it the scandal, the event, the hoo-ha, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Um, The whatever it, it was. It was, it's crazy how easily manipulated people's brains can be. Where if you read something enough and you don't know anything else about it, you're just willing to believe it. Like there's no part of the human brain that, well, we're some people for sure, but like mass majority, no one questions a lot of things that are just put right in front of them. Yeah. I'm one of them. I'll read stuff and be like, oh, that must be true. And then after going through some stuff, like in the media personally, I was like, oh, maybe that's not true. So now I look at everything a little bit differently. But you know what I also think? I think that now I think majority of the world or people on social media and just the media in general kind of know things are fabricated or exaggerated. But I still think there's a handful of people that like really think everything reported is accurate and like the details are correct. And close sources. You heard it here first. Anytime I've ever seen somebody say something about me followed with a source close to Olivia, I have never said these words. I've never talked about these topics. I don't even know who this source could be because it's, it's someone from the the whatever outlet that's publishing it. If you just say so a confusing. close source, you can then use whatever you want. Yeah. Like this one time I posted a middle finger photo when I was 19 in the height of the scandal. I've never talked about this, but it weighs on me and I need <laughs> to finally just share my truth about this stupid photo I posted. Yes, I was an idiot for posting this. I think it looked so distasteful. I think it looked so bratty. I think it was just not the right time. But I just want to explain from my perspective what went through my head. So obviously it had been like a year of just being written about every single day. And I knew my side of things and the media had their side of things. And I was frustrated and I was 19. And I... I was with all my girlfriends and we were taking pictures the night before and they had like taken a photo of me and I just was flipping off the camera and I never intended to post this. This was just like a memory. I wake up the next day. I'm like, I see something else written online about me. That's fake. And I was so fed up. I was so, so, so fed up. And so I throw up the middle finger photo on Instagram. I have not posted once throughout this entire ordeal. I have nobody's heard from me. It's the first thing my dumb ass decides to do. I throw up this middle finger photo and I caption it like, I tag at TMZ, at Daily Mail, at Perez Hilton, at all these outlets, basically. And I said, hashtag close source says. And everybody was like, wow, this girl thinks she's above above the law, above everything. Well, like, that just perfectly sums up how the media misconstrues things. Because you weren't talking about anything other than the fact that you were saying, a close source, they're not real. Yeah. And so I was, <laughs> obviously, my mom calls me and she's like, Uh, you cannot post that. Like you need to delete that right now. That is like completely inappropriate. And I was like, okay, sorry. And so I delete the photo, obviously. Um, And 
I felt really guilty about it. And I was like, after I posted, because I feel like sometimes my brain just doesn't think about the consequences of what I'm going to do. And so I, after I deleted after talking to my parents and they were just like, that's absolutely not okay. You need to take that down right now. Uh, I was so embarrassed, so mortified. And then on top of that, everybody started writing about and all the comments on like different pages of me posting this because obviously people screenshotted it and wrote about it. And I just remember feeling like, I'm just the worst human ever. But my intentions were never to be like, screw the government, screw this, screw this policy. Like that wasn't it. I was literally just mad that people were writing fake stories and saying close source said this. So I just tagged a bunch of outlets that were known to report falsely and some close source says, and that was the extent of it. I wasn't excusing our behavior, the situation, and that got really taken out of context. So now finally, I can finally, finally, finally expose that it was not uh, malintentioned, but definitely came across pretty bad. So three years later, I'm still sorry about that one, y'all. <laughs> uh, let's do one more question and wrap this up. Let me, let me, let me. Okay. Give you me, give me the last me. one. You sing a song real quick. Olivia's going to sing the Lorax for you all. Let it grow specifically. Let it grow, let it grow. You can see what you don't sow. Plant the seed inside the earth. Just one way to know it's worth. Let's celebrate the world's rumors. We say let it grow. Okay, here's some. Do you want to do some guy <laughs> advice? Yeah, let's end it up with some boy advice. Has someone asked ever shared boys? No. Have we ever kissed the same boy? No. We haven't. Trust me. I don't think we have either. I don't even think we've ever liked the same boy. So, no. Boy advice. I saw breakup advice and heartbreak oh, yeah. advice. Breakup advice. How to know if a guy likes you. Guy talk. I like this girl. Can I say her name? No, maybe not. Maybe she doesn't want to be public. Oh, that's really fair. She's asking about boy advice. Well, yeah. cute girl, you know who's you, who you are. And I like your questions. Okay, so let's answer them then. Okay, hit it. Um, guy advice. Breakup advice. Okay, let's start with how to know if a guy likes you. Go. How to know if a guy likes you? I feel like in my past experiences, it's been pretty obvious. Like, I just feel like I know, like, if they're making an effort to hang out with me or if... Uh, they're texting me a lot or if they're like doing nice gestures or checking in on me, including me in plans. I feel like that's a pretty good indicator. I think you'll know if a guy likes you. Like if you have to is, convince yourself like, oh, yeah. he must like me for this small thing that he did once six months ago, like chances are he, he, he probably doesn't because I don't even mean that in a harsh way. I just mean realistically guys are so obvious. I feel like they don't even think that deeply into things like we think they do I think if they like you you'll know and if they don't you'll also probably know yeah that's literally it if you have to justify any behavior he's just not that into you he's just not that into you and then I saw a lot of heartbreak and breakup advice um for that one I just have a really simple answer that I don't need to ramble on about and it's just time it's just time like you will be healed with time it's a fact and it feels like your world is crashing down and that you have the worst like rip and tear in your heart but with time everything does really heal and you have to know that and you also have to know that uh, everything happens for a reason and I really lean into that when I'm like super sad I'm just like okay well maybe if uh this happened a different way it could have been a, a worse outcome so just remember it takes time it's normal and it's life and you probably will never escape it I agree with that also this is like pre-break of advice in a weird way but when you're in a relationship, make sure you never forget your friends and don't focus all your time into that one person. Because if you do break up, 
one day, and hopefully you never do, um, your friends are going to be the ones there for you during that breakup. So don't ever just like disregard them because you're in a relationship. Like make sure you're able to balance that time. Period. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And I hope we gave uh, some good advice or just answered your question. I don't even think we gave advice. I just hope we answered the questions you were curious about. And I hope you know anything that's said. It's it's really coming from a place of... Uh, honesty and just personal experiences. I say this every time, but I just feel the need to. Uh, we're really, we're really self-aware. I promise. So if you're taking things the wrong way and thinking we're being assholes, we're probably not. You know. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will chat with y'all next week. Bye. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.